This episode of CBO Speaks is brought to you by Kaufman Hall. Learn about their strategic and financial consulting services and Axiom planning software by visiting kaufmanhall.com forward slash higher education. Welcome to CBO Speaks, a podcast from the National Association of College and University Business Officers. I'm President and CEO John Walda, and I'd like to thank you for tuning in today. Our mission with this podcast is for you to gain greater insight into the challenges and rewards of the Chief Business Officer role. Find out more from today's episode at www.nakubo.org. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to CBO Speaks. Thanks so much for being here. My name is Megan Strand, your host, and I am honored to be joined today by Hezekiah Simmons, who is CFO and Vice President of Administrative Services at Monroe Community College in Rochester, New York. Hi, Hezzy. Good morning, Megan. Well, to get us started today, I was hoping you could talk a little bit about how you came to higher education as a profession, and then maybe tell us a little bit about how you landed at Monroe Community College specifically. I started my career in private industry, actually, and then took early retirement from Xerox Corporation. At that point in time, I really knew what I wanted to do because I had spent 12 years on the board of trustees for my uh, university and 15 years on the board of directors of a local private school here in Rochester. So it was just a matter of finding what where I wanted to educate when it, where I wanted to enter the uh, education market. And so I started uh, looking around in the local area because I wanted to remain in Rochester. And I so I and I spoke with several colleges and universities here. Uh, and landed with Monroe Community College. The thing that motivated me with Monroe was the fact that it it gave me hands-on experience with students who really needed the support and help of a community college. And so I joined uh, Monroe in uh, 2003. Wow. And what was your role at Xerox before you retired? I left Xerox. I was vice president for finance and administration for one of its groups, which was the outsourcing group. And I spent my last seven years there with Xerox. I spent building, a, along with the senior team, building a group that grew from $250 million to $3.4 billion. And we took it na- uh, internationally. So it was, frankly, the a- apex of my career in, in Xerox. What a great testament to higher ed that you chose this as your, as your second career, I guess. <laughs> Yes, I did. Can you talk a little bit about when you first came? It sounds like you knew you wanted to go into education, but when you first actually landed at Monroe, can you talk a little bit about what was different from your corporate career? What surprised you about higher ed and and how you feel your skill sets as a business person has, has plugged in? Well, I was a bit surprised by what is known in higher ed as shared governance. Mm. And so... I did not expect that you would have to um, get concurrence from so many different people or departments before something could be done because mm-hmm. in you know in private industry you said you wanted it and, and the next day it's being done. Um, so that was my early learning and uh, and, and surprise. Um, I remember after being with with the college about two months, I was asked to go to a development program at Cornell, where they had about 35 colleges and universities uh, in, a, in a conference. And uh, we were talking about policies and how do you make policies. 
Uh, and then how do you implement them? Mm-hmm. And I remember there was we went around the circle and every person in the room said, you know, I would love to do that, but um, I don't think my faculty will allow it. Well, I, I did not have that view of the faculty. Um, and, and it was because I had only been here a short time. So that helped me to kind of center myself on, well, I guess I need to know and get to get to know the faculty better. Uh, and I've, I've done that. Uh, and so that was my real surprise in, in, uh, in, in my entry into uh, higher ed. The other thing that somewhat um, surprised me was that I did not expect to have the long hours in high ed that I had uh, in industry. That is, I spent probably, again, the last seven years in industry, I spent half of my life on airplanes. And when I came into higher ed, I knew, because I learned some things prior to coming, I knew I would not have to travel as much, but I didn't know my days would be just as long. (laughs) (laughs) And I find that they are just as long. Wow. Um, And because of all the things that you have to uh, be aware of and the things that um, you get pulled into, uh, particularly once I became the uh, CFO, because my first four years at the college, I was just the uh, assistant vice president for administrative services and then got promoted. So you're talking a little bit about the things that have surprised you, but what what do you feel you've brought to Monroe with the corporate background that you have? What are the skill sets that you just have naturally that you think have really been helpful to you um, in the CBO role? Uh, a keen sense for negotiations, uh, particularly negotiations with external uh, vendors or consultants, because when I came into the college, we would be presented with um, a contract, uh, even though we would go out with an RFP. But then we did not; we would we would accept the offer as given. Mm. I found that a little strange. <laughs> so, uh, so since one of the things I've done uh, here is we've we've been able to really manage our costs because we don't accept whatever's being given to us. So that was one of the things I thought I brought a lot of strength to it. My president would say that my administrative skills are good because we had several um, issues in the college that led to some reorganization. And so I started out as just the the VP for administrative services, and that was strictly accounting, uh, budgeting, Mm Um, and the facilities organization, but shortly thereafter, I picked up the technology services organization, the planning organization, and the public safety organization. All of those then became a part of my division. So I, I would suspect administrative skills and and staying on time, um, making making commitments, mm-hmm. um, those kinds of things. You serve at a community college, obviously. I wonder what you think your CBO colleagues at four-year institutions can learn from the community college model. What do you guys do really well naturally that you think other higher education institutions could learn from? Well, because a community college, particularly here in New York, we have what is called open access. Mm -hmm. So once you have a high school diploma, uh, you can get into a community college. Well, that brings a lot of students who are, as they say, not college ready. And I think we do an excellent job of uh, integrating people into the campus, teaching them some of the skill sets that's required for being successful uh, in higher ed. 
And I don't think any four-year school can do that as well as a community college. We have the ability to make people comfortable. Uh, we have the ability to have to allow them to try things versus forcing you into a into a curriculum mm-hmm. uh, immediately. So you have the you have the opportunity to try one and then move to another. Although we've been tightening that up because of uh, the fact that we have lower or less resources today than when I first joined the, the college. So we are now trying to get students to come in and within the, f- the first semester kind of learn exactly what they want to do and then put them on a track that would lead to graduation in, in three, no more than three years, but two if possible. What would you say, and, and you can answer this question two ways, you can, you can answer it uh, as in right now, this moment, and then if you could also answer it as when you left the corporate sector and came to higher ed, what would you say is the biggest challenge that faces all CBOs today? In my world, the biggest thing is, is managing the college resources, you know, or, or maybe deploying it in a more effective way because we have less resources. Um, if you've been reading the newspapers, you will find that most states are reducing their their support to higher ed, and that's that's certainly um, true here in uh, New York State. And so my enrollment, uh, because of some of the new rules and regulations, five years ago we had 16,000 full-time equivalent students. Today we are down to 13,000 full-time equivalent students. And so, but my expenses have not declined at the same rate that the enrollment has declined and therefore at the same rate the uh, revenues uh, have declined. Uh, So I have been able to, or we've been really focusing our attention on reducing costs without adversely impacting the level of education or the quality of education that we are providing. That's been a real struggle. Uh, we have been we have been forced to dip into our fund balance balance um, to balance the budget um, going forward. Uh, but we've done some things that has that have um, helped to facilitate that. One of the things we did just a year ago was to uh, offer a voluntary retirement for a number of our employees. That helped us to reduce our ongoing costs. Um, but the most um, I think the thing that I spend most of my time on uh, when I'm doing budgets or when I'm doing outlooks is to ensure that we have the available cash uh, to carry us forward on an ongoing basis. Talk a little bit about, Hezzy, about what's exciting to you about your role currently at Monroe. Well, it's been really interesting the last uh, several years because I, I got charged with doing a couple of things that were uh, not customary, even though I am responsible for, for facilities, but we got approved by the uh, state and our local sponsor three years ago to uh, build a new campus. Um, wow. So they provided us $80 million to do this, and I was named the, the chairperson for the steering committee that would both program that campus, uh, uh, design, and, uh, and uh, engineer the campus, and now construct the campus. Now I do have a facilities uh, direct report to me who really understands the engineering, 
and, and construction management, uh, but the steering committee is under my control. And at, the mo at this moment, we, uh, our plans are to open that campus this coming September. Wow. And so far, we are on budget and we are on schedule. Uh, I have never managed a project that size um, before, so that was a new and exciting task. On top of that, I was also asked to um, lead the steering committee for, not the steering committee, but the, the development committee for the next five-year strategic plan. And that's been exciting because it meant bringing together um, faculty, staff, administration, and students to take a look out for the next five years and say what it is we think the college should be doing and what should be our priorities. Um, and we have now gotten uh, approval by the Board of Trustees um, of that plan and we're beginning to roll it out. So that, and it took us about 14 months. I, that was a bit of a surprise to me because I expected it to do it in six months. <laughs> <laughs> but in, the, in this, being a, a community college, um, one of our tasks was to go out to the community, frankly, mm -hmm. and seek um, what we call stakeholders' input, mm -hmm. uh, and then bring in those things and internalize them into the college um, process. So it took us a little longer than, than I had hoped, uh, but it didn't surprise anybody else. I think it, most people <laughs> felt it was going to take 12 months. <laughs> no wonder but, uh, you're working these long hours, Hezzy. Yes. <laughs> Got a few things on your plate, I would say. Uh, but it's all done and wrapped up now. So that's, Wow. That's, Congratulations. That's Congratulations. Talk a Thank little you. bit about that strategic development plan process. What did you learn by going out to the community and having to identify stakeholders? Well, one of the things I learned is that um, Monroe Community College is well respected in our community. Well, actually, we have a, good, a reputation across the country which sometimes surprises me because, but that's primarily because uh, our president, Ann Kress, is really known throughout higher ed as one of the leaders in higher ed. So that has helped to, to um, build the college's reputation. But when we first went out to the local community, it was really surprising as to how much they knew about us in terms of our skill sets, our programs, our student success, um, but what surprised most of them, however, was the the uh, low cost. Uh, most people were surprised when they learned that you could come to community to uh, Monroe for a full year at a cost of less than four thousand dollars. Wow! Uh, so that was somewhat surprising. And but it, what it led to was some of the uh, stakeholders saying to us, "Well, you need to do more in the inner city. You need to do more in this area um, because they felt that." People didn't know, um, it wasn't general knowledge as to how inexpensive it was. And so their idea was to make it known, better known, uh, and such that you can bring more people uh, into, the, uh, into the college. So that was a, a, quite a rewarding experience in that uh, I learned, because it was my hope when I entered the college, that we would be doing things to help the, the broader community. And so what was positive to find that people expected that of the community college. Has you, what would you say you're doing now that you never would have imagined you'd be doing, let's say, 10 or 15 years ago? Well, the uh, item I just mentioned to you, I never would have imagined my leading a group that led to the construction of a brand new campus. Mm. So that was a real, real surprise. Um, 
But there are things, you know, I've come accustomed to getting th having things land on my desk since being at the college, particularly the last uh, 10 years, that really nothing surprises me anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, one of the things that, that uh, I find myself really um, saying yes to things that I think some of my colleagues, colleagues would say no to. So, for instance, uh, I led, I, I was president of the, what is called the New York State uh, Community College Business Offices Association. Um, so I took, I took that assignment about four years ago, and um, it's, it's supposed to be a two-year uh, tenure, but they asked me to re-up, re so I had spent almost four years as the president. And that was quite rewarding because I had to corral 30 uh, business offices twice a year and, and see if we could help to move the, the needle on, on the college or on our role in the community statewide. And, and, and it was one of the things I enjoyed, even though it was not a, you know, it was not a job. It was just part of helping the, uh, the, the entire higher ed community within uh, New York State. Hezzy, what advice would you give somebody, maybe somebody who's even in the corporate sector, who's thinking about making the jump to higher ed? What, what words of advice would you have for them? One is, I would say, learn first and foremost what, the, what is called shared governance um, within the community college. Uh, that will, without understanding that process, it will hamper your ability ability to um, to make changes or to be successful. To be honest with you, learn that and then and then get to know faculty members. Be um, be active with the faculty senate. Get to know them and, and and pull them into your environment. For instance, I have a monthly financial review here at the college. When we close the books on, on at the end of each month, well, I have the the um, vice president for the faculty senate to sit in on that meeting uh, because there's always this thought in the, in, that we are hiding things or we are not sharing mm. uh, clearly uh, the financials of the college. So by having this individual on my team uh, to review those financials, it has really helped to dampen that that issue uh, in the college. So when we now go out with a budget proposal or when we are sharing uh, the results, it's not people don't view it with such jaunted eyes because they know that one of their people uh, has been sitting in those in those meetings. So that would be one one of the things I would advise a person is learn the the uh, the shared governance process within that college and 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 become a partner with the faculty. Those two things will help to um, to speed your influence and help you to be successful within the uh, within the uh, in that college. Has there anything else you'd like to share that I've neglected to ask today? Well, you one of your questions um, that I um, thought was somewhat interesting when I started uh, looking at at the uh, this process. Um, was uh, you asked the question, which was, uh, how are others helped you along your career? Mm. Um, and one of the things that I, because I thought back to my um, days at, at uh, Xerox, and I think what helped me to grow in, in my job at Xerox and here at the college was when I learned that I had a mentor without knowing that he was my mentor, and he was, frankly, the, uh, 
one of the senior corporate executives in, 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 in Xerox. Mm -hmm. And the reason I got the assignment as vice president for that uh, outsourcing group was because of this individual who insisted on my taking that job. First, he insisted on it within their council. And then when I rejected the job initially, because I thought it was too small, <laughs> um, he, he called me into his office and, 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 and had a very nice chat about why it was important that I took that assignment. And of course, um, the, the, the results were something that he really felt good about because, as I said, we grew that business from about a quarter of a million dollars to greater than three billion in seven years. And so what, what that told me was that what you have to try to do is to always try to identify what I call high potential employees mm -hmm. and then um, mentor them uh, with their knowledge or without their knowledge. And so I have been doing that here at MCC. I, frankly, I've gone against a couple of search committees because that's another you know, interesting <laughs> thing in high, higher ed. You always must have a search committee when you're looking to fill um, particularly senior level jobs. And twice I have gone against the recommendation of the search committees because I felt there was a better candidate versus who they were lining up. And so far, I, I have felt very comfortable with my decisions. Uh, in those two cases. Uh, so I think being a mentor and having been mentored, those are, uh, are things that I think is, are very important for someone in the in the CBO position. Well, thank you so much, Hezzy, for your time today and for sharing a few of your insights and your journey with us. Thank you. It's been an, an enjoyable time. You can find out more about Hezi and today's episode by visiting the distance learning section of nakubo.org. Make sure you subscribe to CBO Speaks in iTunes so that you'll get the latest episodes instantly. And on behalf of Hezi and myself, I'd like to thank you so much for joining us for this episode of CBO Speaks. This episode of CBO Speaks is brought to you by Kaufman Hall. Learn about their strategic and financial consulting services and Axiom planning software by visiting kaufmanhall.com forward slash higher education.